Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. We're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to talk about the birth of Jesus today. But, but I want to remind you what some of the scripture says. Scripture says what? That um, he was born king, right? The, the, the magi came and said, where is the one born king of the Jews? The, the shepherds were told that Christ the Savior was going to be born. Uh, Isaiah, but George referenced, talked about the mighty God, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, the one that the, the government would rest upon his shoulders, and the increase of his government would have no end. And we celebrate that. And so, so we have to understand that this season that we're in, we must understand while he has a lot of names, his purpose for being born, he said, was to be king. For this reason, I was born. And, and that is incredibly important because how many of you know that without a king, there is no kingdom? How, how can, we, we can't be in the kingdom of God if there is no king. And so there had to be a king. Let me take you this morning and Bear with me because I'm doing this from my phone for the first time, hopefully trying to control this, and Lord knows where it might go. So Jesus is talking to Pilate at his crucifixion, and he looks at him, he says, listen, he said, if my kingdom, my kingdom's out of this world. How many know if his kingdom isn't of this world, our kingdom isn't of this world? Amen? But the Paul said, what, our citizenship is where? In heaven. If my kingdom were of the, my kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. This is such truth from Jesus, is it not? So Pilate looks at him and says, so you are a king. To which Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. And for this purpose, I have been born. You see, I want us to get, I'm going to take us on a little bit of journey, talk about his kingship, and then I'm going to transition it, if you will, this morning to us as kingdom of God people and relate it to what's going on in our world. Would that be all right this morning? Doesn't really matter if you say yes, does it? Okay. <laughs> kind of like when your wife asks you a question. How many know it's really not a question? Like, do you want to go to Sam's Club? How many know that's not a question? Okay. How many know if she says, does this make me look fat? How many know you don't answer that question? And if you do, I know this, I'm the pastor. I know, I know. And I'm going to give you bad advice. But if she does and you do answer it, lie. <laughs> okay, he's on a roll today. Here we go. So, so let's talk about this. First of all, I want us to understand something. First of all, let's understand that Jesus was born as king. Can we, can we understand that, that he was the one who was born? He was the one who was prophesied about in Isaiah. He would be the king. The government would be on his shoulders. The increase of his government would have no end. Jesus came, and when he came and born into the world as the king, the magi came looking for him because they saw his star in the east, and they knew there was one who would be born that would be the last king of Israel and the last king, come on, of, you know, of this world, right? And he would be the one who the, we would call one day the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so he was born as a king, and yet he lived this life. He lived as the incarnational king, right? Emmanuel, God with us. 
that when you saw Jesus, the incarnational king, who did you see? God. When you heard Jesus speak, who did you hear speaking? God. You see, the incredible, wonderful thing about Jesus living as the incarnational king is that God was not trying to hide himself. God was saying, I want to reveal myself to the world. I want you to see me. I want you to see who I am. I want you to see my lordship. I want you to see me. But the only way you can get a revelation of me is to see me through being born into human flesh. And now we get a revelation of this one who is loving, this revelation of this God who is compassionate, this revelation of this God who is long-suffering, this revelation of this God who's supernatural. We get this complete revelation of who God is because Jesus lived a life that was incarnational lordship. And then he died, how? He died as this redeeming king. The Bible says what? That Jesus came and he rescued us. He rescued us. How did he rescue us? He rescued us, the Bible says, from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of light. Do you understand the Bible has forever taught the battle of two domains? There's the domain of darkness, which is indicative of everything evil, and there's the domain of God, which is everything good. And no, it's not Republican and Democrat, despite some of you think. Listen to me. And now, Jesus comes, and he comes, defeats the powers of darkness, rescues us from the power of darkness, rescues us, and redeems us. And how does he, how does he do this redeeming? He does it unlike any king in history. He does it like any, unlike any king ever. Rather than conquer with might, he dies. Rather than killing, he's killed. Rather than sacrificing the life of others, he sacrifices our own. Why? So he could purchase us. Purchase of redeems means to buy back. Our king came and he was buying us back. And he bought us back by his own blood. And I gotta tell you something, he wasn't paying the devil for us. How many know the redemption price was paid to God? Whenever the Old Testament priest would take the blood of the lamb into the holy place, on the, on the holy holies, on the great day of atonement, that blood wasn't offered up to the devil. That blood was offered up to God. That brought atonement. And so he died as our redeeming king. But then the Bible tells us what? He rose as our conquering king. Right? Because the Bible tells me that when he rose from the dead, the Bible tells me that, that he conquered death and hell. The Bible tells me he took the keys of hell. How many of you got the keys? You're in charge. Look, they actually give me keys to this building. That's right. I don't know where they are half the time, but I got keys. I can't tell you how many times I'm saying, hey, anybody close to the church? I need to get in. <laughs> right? I got keys. And you know what keys tells me? Keys tell me I have authority. Keys tell me I have ability. Keys tell me I have some sort of authority to unlock these doors and be in here. Bible tells me he took the keys to death and hell. He was my conquering king, led captivity captive, and gave gifts to men. And then the Bible tells me what? He's seated at the right hand of the Father as my interceding king. He's interceding on our behalf. But what we know the Bible teaches us is what? Is then he's coming back as a victorious king. 
white horse, Lord of Lords, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, this is what we need to remember. And, and he's going to return. But, but let us remember how this started, if we will, right? In, okay, oops, where are we going? Okay, I got slides that I don't have here that I have there. I have no idea what I'm doing. Hold on. First of all, we need to understand this, what? That in this season, we, his subjects, celebrate our king who's been born into a humble carpenter's home. Think about this for just a moment. If Jesus was born to be king, and he redeemed us on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he preached a message while he was alive, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, because the king was at hand, then how many know this morning that when you and I come to him in faith, how many know we now become sons of the kingdom and we're subject to the kingdom? And so how many of you would say this morning, I'm a subject of the kingdom? And if we're subject of the kingdom, how many know we are subject to the king? We are subject to the value system of the king. We are subject to the culture of the king. We are subject to the character of the king. How many know it is the king that sets our attitude and our action? It is his kingdom that establishes our attitude and our action. We cannot say, I want to be in the kingdom for salvation, but I want to live according to the kingdom of this world. So think about this. This king that we serve, this king that died for us, this king that was born, was born into a humble carpenter's home. In this season, we, his subject, are celebrating this king who never used political processes to establish his throne and his kingdom. As a matter of fact, there were two things that Jesus warned his disciples about. He said, you beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. I mean, no, the Pharisees, that's a religious spirit. He says, you beware of the leaven of Herod. And I mean, Herod is a political spirit. And anytime his church gets in bed with a political spirit, the church will be corrupted. And he warned them against those two things. He never used political processes. He never used an election. He never used to establish his throne or his kingdom. What he used was servanthood. What he used was love. What he used was sacrifice. What he used was selflessness. What he used was love, and he established this kingdom. And in this season, we, his subjects, celebrate our king who never used military might to secure his kingdom. He said, listen, if my kingdom were of this world, they'd be fighting right now to take it. And how many know they would have been victorious? Because you ain't defeating an army of angels, right? <laughs> he didn't use military might. He didn't use it to secure. This is the king that we serve, which tells us what? It's a kingdom not built upon military might. It's a kingdom built on meekness, humility. It's a kingdom built on love, sacrifice. In this season, we, his subjects, celebrate our king who never lived in an earthly palace. Matter of fact, the Bible says he didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He didn't come with the pomp and the pageantry. He rode a donkey into town for crying out loud. <laughs> Listen, I'm coming in as king. I want the biggest, baddest horse on the planet. 
okay? Like, I'm just, what I want, I want Bucephalus. Y'all just looking at me like he's a freak. Bucephalus was Alexander the Great's horse. I want his horse. He was the biggest, baddest horse of the kingdom at that time. But not Jesus. No, he comes gentle, riding on a donkey to fulfill the prophecy. You see, this is our king. Never lived in an earthly palace. In this season, we, his subjects, celebrate our king who said he came to serve and not be served. If I'm king, I'm kind of feeling like I'm the fat cat on the throne. Bring me some wine. I'll have some grapes now, please. It's kind of like when P and Penny are home, you know? I sit there and she just can't stop bringing me stuff. You know, I'm just like, enough already. Look how fat I'm getting. (laughs) Kings didn't serve. Kings were served. The kings of our world aren't humble enough to serve. No, no, no. They want to be served. But not our king. He said, I came to serve, not be served. And in this season, we, his people, his church, his subjects, this is the season we, his people, and his church, and those who are in his kingdom, celebrate our king. How many of you are celebrating the birth of our Savior, the birth of our king? We might have him besides Santa Claus, but we're still celebrating it. (laughs) I mean, Santa Claus might be on this side of the porch and Jesus on this side of the porch, but we got them both there. (laughs) You see, we celebrate our king. We celebrate his birth. But it's in this season we celebrate our king. I fear we have failed our king. Everybody just went, ugh. Come on, come on, everybody with me. Uh, he's not, he is. You see, because this is what I know. I read the scripture and I read the Bible. And when I read the Bible, it just jumps out everywhere I look that's his king and his kingdom. And what it is and what it's like and what it's supposed to be and what his people are supposed to be. And it's higher than our world. It's loftier than our world. And it's not just a set of ideals, but rather it is realism lived out every day. It's not just a distant future. And we, his subjects, his people, celebrating him in this season. It's in this season of the king, I fear we failed him. Because we've chosen to live as if his kingdom is only a future kingdom. And not a present kingdom that shapes our attitudes and our actions. Man, we've got a world trying to shape our attitudes and our actions. We've got political pundits trying to shape it. We've got news agencies. We've got journalists. We've got magazines. We've got everybody trying to shape our attitudes and our actions. When the fact of the matter is, we already have one who has, should be shaping our attitudes and our actions. And when he's shaping our attitudes and actions, I promise you there will be at times, it will be an affront to how we want to feel. Anybody ever want to feel something you know is not God? see, it's in this season. We celebrate our king. I fear we failed him because we've chosen to live as if his kingdom has no merit in our lives now. 
It's just that place I go to whenever I die. It's just that place I go to whenever I see heaven. It's just that place I live in eternal bliss, but has no merit on an everyday basis. If that's true, then Jesus was wrong when he said the kingdom of God is within you. Because how many know it's within me? It's in this season we celebrate our king that we his subjects have allowed political allegiances to, to divide those with us in his kingdom. Yeah, I'm going there. We've allowed the political agendas and allegiances of our world to divide the people under the banner of the kingdom. Because I gotta tell you this morning, under the banner of the kingdom is right, left, middle. I gotta tell you, under the banner of the kingdom is, uh, is, is Ukraine and Russia and Asia and India and Hong Kong and China and Japan and India and anywhere else you can figure. Under that banner of the kingdom is all flesh and all tribe, every tribe, every tongue, language and nation. Are you hearing me this morning? Church, I'm telling you this morning, we are allowing the outside world to divide the kingdom world. We must get a grip on ourselves. We must get a grip on our attitudes. We must get a grip on our hearts. We must stop allowing the devil to divide the kingdom people. Yes, I'm pretty passionate about this. You see, it's in this season we celebrate our king. We, his subjects, have chosen to be pro-Democrat, pro-Republican before being pro-kingdom. She asked me who I am and what I am. I want to be pro-kingdom. And my pro-kingdom sometimes might mess with your pro-politics. In case y'all wondering, I voted for Trump, all right? So just relax. Listen, don't go there with me. Because he ain't my God. He is my president, but he ain't my God. And the other side ain't the devil. Don't worry, the devil's working on both sides of the aisle. It's in this season that we, his subjects, in this season we celebrate our king that we, his subjects, have chosen to be divided over temporary leaders of a temporary nation rather than unity around a king and his kingdom. I got news for you. We, he may have 11 months in office, or he may have 50-some months in office, but he's done. And I gotta tell you that one day this country, this world, is gonna fade away, and a new one's coming. You, you see, and what, what we're doing is we've allowed the enemy to come in and divide friendships and divide families and divide people of God over a temporary leader and a temporary nation. That's not God. It's not God. It's not even godly. It's in this season we celebrate our king. We, his subjects, are serving the leaven of Herod instead of the leaven of heaven on earth. Jesus said, I, beware the leaven of heaven and be Herod, and beware the leaven of the Pharisees. But you, the kingdom of God, is like leaven on the earth. You're like leaven in the earth. That you're the thing that causes things to rise. You're the thing. You're the activating agent. It's in this season we celebrate our king that we, his, we have ignored kingdom principles for political allegiances.
We don't operate by fruit of the Spirit. We pull, we pull the sword of the flesh out. We don't even pull the sword of the Spirit out. We pull the sword of the flesh out. Because how many know the sword of the flesh is far different than the sword of the Spirit? And with the sword of the flesh, I begin to cut and slice and dice my brother. With the sword of the flesh, I begin to pierce and name call. And I begin to attack and I begin to go at him. Because the sword of the Spirit would never do that. It's in this season we celebrate our king that the Sermon on the Mount has been silenced. For we have forgotten. We have forgotten that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. (laughs) Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. If you're stirring it up and you're not causing peace, you're not a son of God. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Blessed, happy. Give me a man of strife and he's not happy. Give me a man who stirs it and he's not happy. Give me a woman who stirs it and they're not happy. But blessed, happy are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. We forget that in the Sermon on the Mount. For Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are they who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. If somebody's talking bad about you because of him, you're in good place. (laughs) You can talk bad about me about me because I got bad about me. You can find plenty bad to talk about me. I have the privilege to be an imperfect man who preaches a perfect God. If I was the standard of perfection, I would never get up to preach. (laughs) And that's why you'll never hear me present myself as the standard of perfection. I am not your standard. And everybody should say, that was really a little too loud. (laughs) Just telling you, you were a little enthusiastic there. But if you talk about me because of my God, I'm okay. You see, it's in this season we celebrate our king that we, his subjects, have chosen to ignore the words of our king. When he says things like, everyone who is angry with his brother is guilty. (laughs) Jesus said, you heard it said, you should not murder. But I'm telling you, if you're even angry with your brother, you're guilty. How do we justify this nonsense? How are we justifying it in the kingdom of God? How are we justifying our rage with our brothers? Forget about the world for a moment. I'm talking about brothers inside the kingdom, under the banner of the kingdom, that are going at each other and fighting and stirring it up over politics. Politics? Politics? When we don't know what the truth is anyhow, But even if, even, if I, even if I do, when did I get this justification to be at odds with you? Where did I get this justification from my king to hate you? Where did I get this justification from my king to mock you? Where did I get this? We, we forget and we ignore the words of our king 
that whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, or in our language, we'll call them libs, snowflakes, traitors, deplorables. Your king is not pleased. We may laugh, but I tell you, he is not pleased. We forget this. Whoever says to his brother, you're good for nothing. I'm sorry. Me one. In this season that we celebrate our king, we, his subjects, have chosen to run to social media to rant, threaten, name, call, and fight rather than do what Jesus said, which was leave your offering at the altar and go reconcile with your brother. How dare you? How dare I? We can slice and dice with the sword of the flesh and be at odds with our brother and bring an offering to the altar. When Jesus clearly said, you leave it at the altar and go reconcile with your brother. I got 56 slides, I'm on slide 33. It's in this season we celebrate our king that we have chosen to rally our friends against our opponents rather than employ the words of our king that says make friends with your opponent quickly. Wait, 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 no, that's not how we do it today. That's not how we do it in social media. That's not how we do it in the 24-7. That's not how we do it in the world today. We throw it out there so everybody rallies to my cause. So you can help and join me against my opponent. When Jesus says what? You go make friends with your opponent. Like have we forgotten our king who said for other forgive them for they don't know what they're doing? Have we forgotten our king who washed the feet of Judas? Have we forgotten our king who kissed him? Who was kiss, let him kiss him? Have we forgotten? It's in this season we celebrate our king that we have in the name of politics ignored the directives of our king such as turn the other cheek. They want your shirt, give them your coat too. They want you to go a mile, go the second mile. Why? Because this is the nature of our king. They struck him. He did not strike back. When we are called sons of the kingdom, that phrase sons of carries with it that we are to have the dominant quality of that which goes with it. For example, Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. His dominant character trait was encouragement. Judas was known as the son of perdition. When we are called sons of the kingdom, which he calls us, the dominant trait of our life, the dominant characteristic should be the kingdom of God. Should be kingdom culture, kingdom value, kingdom attitude. It's in this the season we celebrate our king that we have in the name of politics 
Ignored the culture of our king. They want your coat? Give them your shirt. Slide. <laughs> it's in this season, this, the season we celebrate our king, that we have undermined his command to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. As we continue to hate, vilify, and curse those who persecute us. Love your enemies. Everybody do this. I mean, is that like, nobody else gets that attitude sometimes, like, love my enemy? Hey, Troy. Where's my boy, Troy? It's not come on Troy time, so don't get excited. All of you just went, can you find me a water? Everybody was like, and now they said he asked for water. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you see, we, we somehow have forgotten that Jesus said, pray, love your enemies. <sighs> I don't want to. It doesn't feel good. I feel weak when I do that. Hmm. But you might be more like Jesus. Might make me more like Jesus. You see, the only reason he tells me to do it is because he did it. How many know he's never going to ask me to do something he didn't do? He's never going to ask me to be something he's not. Can't you find any? I'm not sharing with you. There's one unopened on my phone. I want the one you opened. I'll say how much. <laughs> It's in this, the season that we celebrate our king, we've decided loving those who love us is easier than loving those who persecute us. Jesus, Jesus said what? He said, it's easy to love somebody who loves you. He said, I'm telling you, love your enemies. It's, some people are easy to love. Like, 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 hey, who's texting me? That was my phone. Lindsay Irvin just texted me and said, you're a freak. Busted. That's really mean, wasn't it? Everybody say, ah. Oh. You see, it, it, this, like if you put Troy and I in a room, he's easier to love than me. He's nicer than me. It's true. One time we had a meeting. I'll tell you, I'll give a confession here. One time we had a meeting. I was not happy with a particular somebody. It was, well, was, you, you don't know, so don't worry. And it was wrong and all that stuff. And I looked at Troy. I said, we're going to meet. You're a good cop, and I am the bad cop. I'm going to gut him, and you can heal him. <laughs> True story, right, Troy? <laughs> okay? It's easy to love Troy. Get me in the wrong mood. I ain't easy to love. Some people in the world are easy to love. But Jesus said, I want you to love the unlovable. Love those who persecute you, not just those who love you. It's in this season that we celebrate our king. We've ignored his words to not judge each other so we can be judge, jury, and executioner. We have decided that if you oppose my view, that we pass sentence on you, we pass judgment on you, we put you in a box and we put you in a category. 
and we dismiss you. It's in this, this season, we celebrate our king. My fear is not that President Trump will not be or not be impeached, but rather that through our attitudes and actions, we've impeached our king. Do I think he needs impeached? I don't. That's not the story today. The story is how, his, how the king's people are acting. The story is the culture of the king's people. The story is, have I, through my actions and my attitude, impeached my king, rendered him powerless, rendered him ineffective in my life, rendered his words that he gave to us as of no avail in our life. In this the season we celebrate our king, my, my fear is not that President Trump will be elected or not elected, but rather we, through our attitudes and actions, have elected to render his kingdom void. How many know we vote every time we speak? When we choose to operate by the value system and culture of this world, we are voting that that world has no merit in our life. Don't worry, I'm almost done. I'm on slide 41. In this, the season that we celebrate our king my fear is not that Democrats or Republicans gain control of our nation, but rather that we've allowed his kingdom to control our attitudes and actions. We're so concerned of who's going to get control that we fail to let him control us. Because fear of losing control always causes people to do stuff they probably shouldn't do. How many know fear almost always drives us to sin? It's in this, the season we celebrate our king, my fear is we, subjects in his kingdom, have not adhered to his present eternal kingdom for the sake of a temporary nation. Guys, I got news for you. You might not like the news, but this gig is temporary. Yeah, we want it to be as good as it can be, and yeah, we want it to be the best it can be, and yeah, we want to secure for our children and our grandchildren. I get it, but you still got to know something. My hope is not in this world. My citizenship is not of this world. My allegiance is to a kingdom, not of this world. It's temporary. In this, the season, we celebrate our king. My fear is we subjects in his kingdom will not imitate the eternal king because of our allegiance to an earthly leader. No matter what side, I don't care which side of the aisle you pick, pick one. We become so enthralled with that leader that we're more, we'd be more in alliance and allegiance to them than our king. Jesus walked with 12 men. When he walked with those 12 men, he never condoned their sin. Anytime they sinned, he never condoned it. 
He never said it's okay. He never did that. It's in this, the season we celebrate our king. My fear is we, subjects in his kingdom, will continue to be more divided over our earthly nation rather than being united by our heavenly kingdom. We are brought to unity under the banner of the king and the kingdom. If Jesus could take 12 men, one of them being a zealot who murdered tax collectors, and take a tax collector named Matthew and put them on the same team under the banner of the kingdom, why can't we? I wonder how many times they were sitting at dinner and that zealot was going, eh, I'd just like to kill him. <laughs> and then he's sitting there going, stop thinking. He knows what you're thinking. Jesus can read your mind. Stop thinking. <laughs> Think nice thoughts, nice thoughts, nice thoughts, nice thoughts. Like, you, 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 talked, you talked about my president. Ah, calm down. He's not perfect. And I'm okay with that. I don't, but I don't excuse it. But I also don't like the other side either. But I'm not throwing my kingdom values out the window for either side. You say, why am I talking about this? Because we're the subjects of the kingdom who is subject to the king. Stop trying to justify it any longer. It's in this season. We celebrate our king, right? It is not President, in this, the season we celebrate our king, it's not President Trump's fault. Thank you for not jumping up and applauding. In this season we celebrate our king, it's not Nancy's fault, Chuck's fault, Adam's fault, Jerry's fault. But rather, it is the inability to display the culture of our king is the fault of us, his subjects. None of them have the power to make me do anything because the kingdom of God lives within me. The spirit of God dwells within me. I cannot blame it on anyone else. I cannot blame my sin on anyone else. Stop championing people's sin on Facebook. It's sin. The divisiveness is sin. The attitude is sinful. It's our fault when politics divide us with one who's a brother in Christ. It's nobody else's fault. Who do you think, and who do you think is behind it? The serpent of old, the deceiver of the brethren. That's who's behind it. It's in this, the season, that we celebrate our king I'm sorry, yes, it is our fault. For a political party does not have the power to dictate my attitudes and my actions when God's kingdom is within me. It does not have that kind of power. It cannot have that kind of influence. 
It is the Spirit of God that becomes the governor of our mouth, the governor of our attitude, the governor of our life. It is the Spirit of God that sets the tone of our spirit. In this season, we celebrate our king. May we imitate the humility of our king. How many know he's called us to humility? Now, for some of you who may not know, that was my wife. <laughs> I didn't say a word, Dick. Now, did you see it? <laughs> we, we're called to walk in humility. Where's this arrogance coming from? Where's this haughtiness coming from? Where's this pride coming from? He humbled himself and took on the form of a man. Before he became a man, he was king. And he humbled himself. It's in this season we celebrate our king. May we imitate the love of our king by loving those that love us and those who don't love us. Yeah, I know it's easier. I even have to love those dumb dogs sometimes. It's in this season that we celebrate our king. Maybe we, oh, I already said that one. Here we go. In this season... We celebrate our king. May we allow our attitudes and actions to be defined by a kingdom not of this world. Guys, it's not of this world. We're not of this world. We're aliens passing through. We're strangers. We're foreigners living. Okay, we're, we're, the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. We're, we're the people of God living in Babylon. Come on, Troy. Let's give them hope. Like, I, get a I, I get a golf clap, and I say, come on, Troy. <laughs> I've had too much sugar this holiday season. It, 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 we've, we've, we're allowing our attitudes and actions to be defined by this world when this isn't our home. It's in this, the season we celebrate our king, May we allow our actions and attitudes to be the culture of heaven, not the culture of American politics. Oh, it's so ugly. It's so nasty. It's so divisive. It's so demonic. It just is. World, world, world governments are based upon power and control when kingdom of God is based upon servanthood and humility. And we have flipped the script. Jesus, Jesus teaches his disciples for 40 days about the kingdom of God after he rose from the dead. Acts chapter 1. For 40 days he teaches them about the kingdom. He taught it to them his whole life. And for three years he taught them and they walked with him. And then 40 days he teached them about it. And then they looked at him and they said, is this the moment? Is this the moment? Is this the moment you're going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? Is this the moment you get rid of Rome? Is this the moment we get power? Is this the moment we get it back? Give us the political power we've needed and the military power we needed. Is this it? 
He said, it's not for you to know the times and epochs set by my Father. And I know you want power. And you think you need power. But the power you need is not the power you want. So I'm going to give you the power you need, not the power you want. You see, because I'm going to ask the Father, and He's going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then you'll have power. And you'll have power to influence the world you want to take over. You'll have power of the Spirit to be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem, Samaria. I'm going to give you this power. But your thirst and your hunger is for worldly power. I got spiritual power to give you. That'll forever change the lives of people. It'll forever change nations. And yet we have succumbed to this notion that we need political power. My God sets them up and my God takes them down. Yes, we vote. Yes, we get involved. It's in this season we celebrate our kings. May we allow our attitudes and actions flow from the citizenship in heaven, not our partisanship on earth. Come on, let's be honest. We're as partisan as a day is long too. And if we're going to be partisan, may it be to his kingdom. In this season, we celebrate our king. May we allow our attitudes and actions to flow from faith in the eternal king and kingdom and not the kingdoms of this world. That was slide 56. And all God's people said, oh, you're so enthusiastic in those moments. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching on this like this? It's Christmas, it's, it's Christmas Sunday. I wanted to hear joy to the world. Huh? I wanted to hear, I wanted, I wanted the manger story. I wanted the, I wanted, you just, I wanted the star. You're just a big Debbie Downer. Because we cannot live celebrating his birth if we're not going to honor his life. We cannot celebrate his birth if we're not going to honor his life through our life. We cannot celebrate the king who was born to inaugurate a kingdom if we're going to be governed by the kingdoms of this world. I call us to be kingdom people. And some of us need to go home. Oh, never. Shut up, Jim. No, no, don't you egg me on. He doesn't get stuff thrown at him. He's going home. But you might just want to consider repenting of some of our attitudes and some of our actions. And we might even want to go delete some stuff some places. Just a thought. And maybe we come to a place where we have a filter. How many of you know we like filters? How many of you know you like those Instagram filters? Come on, you know you like them. You know those suckers can make you look 20 years younger. I mean, you, you, you post that late night Facebook post. Man, look at that. Whoa. And all of a sudden you get up in the morning and it was a rough eight hours. 
I wonder what would happen if our filter became is what I'm about to vent and rant reflective of my king. Does it look like my king? Does it sound like my king? Is it honoring my king? This is the season we celebrate our king. And this is the season that we do more than just give lip service to his birth, but rather we give life service to his kingdom. And so, Father, would you help us? We live in a Babylonian culture, if you will. The people of God were living in a country that was not their own, living in a city that wasn't its own. And yet Jesus said, oh, by the way, you pray, or God said, pray for that place. Seek its prosperity. They killed their brothers and sisters, folks. They took them captive. Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den and he calls out, oh, king, live forever. I don't want him to live forever. I want God to kill him. Oh, help us, God. Help us be salt and light as George prayed. Help us be a city on a hill. We celebrate the birth of you, our king. And yet we want to live a life that honors the life of our king and the death of our king. Shape our attitudes, shape our actions in Jesus' name. And everybody said, man, come on, stand with me. Troy, close us in song. Have a great, great Christmas. If I don't see you, if I don't see you at Christmas Eve, have a great Christmas.